You're listening to the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Christine, certified life coach, pain to power mentor, and creator of Embody You Mindset Mastery School. I'm here today to discuss living life after disease, disaster, or adversity, to discuss living life fully once again, a life of hope, peace, and resiliency, a life fully embodied. I utilize the lessons that I learned going through not one, but two primary cancers. I'm here today to guide you to the life of your dreams, turn your pain into power, and lead you back to yourself. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. Today I am joined by Susan. Susan is an alumni as part of the Embody You Mindset Mastery course and has since gone on to wrap up her business and life in such a way that is absolutely beautiful. So I asked her to come onto the podcast to share her knowledge of conscious parenting and how she implements that in her life and how she can give you tools on how you can be a more conscious parent. So I feel so privileged and honored to have her on. Let's get started. Well, thank you, Susan, for joining me on the podcast. Looking so forward to chatting a little bit. Susan is an early childhood educator and a mom to two wonderful girls. I have had the pleasure of having her as an alumni as part of my Embody You course. We have moved together and she has created this beautiful business. So I want to get talking about early childhood education about being a conscious parent and how we can implement that into our lives as parents. So thank you. Thank you for being here, Susan. Thanks, Christine, for having me. I'm so, so excited. And this is something that I'm so passionate about and it's near and dear to my heart. Um, So I guess I'll start by kind of giving a definition of what conscious parenting is, because it is a more recent term that's been coming out or it's more it's becoming more popular I should say so mindful or conscious parenting um, is really being about intentional with your parenting being a very proactive parent and being very very communication and connection based so that's kind of the whole picture of it or a big chunk of the picture And so necessary. Um, Yes. Yes, it is. Um, So I think the first thing I really, really want to dive into is the intentionality and being intentional with being a parent. Um, A lot when, you know, when you become a parent, no one sits you down and says, hey, this is how you do it. It doesn't happen. Um, So over, you know, the past five years, my daughter's five now. So actually probably six years, I've been very intentional about reading and educating myself. And the biggest thing that I keep coming across is actually sitting down and reflecting on like, how were you parented? Um, You know, the good, the bad, what do you want to change? What would you do differently? What made you feel good? And then from that, 
defining who you want to be as a parent. I find a lot of parents don't do that. They making a conscious choice. Yes. And being like, okay, who am I as a parent? And what do I want to be for my kids? Do I like some of mine are, I want to be a safe space for my girls. I want to guide them, teach them, you know, the life skills they'll need, teach them how to be a kind and good hearted person. And like, and then it's also my role to be a boundary setter. Like, you know, I don't conscious parenting. I need to clarify is not being passive. It's not being permissive. It's being, as I said, intentional and proactive. Right. Yeah. And I love that goal setting piece of saying, this is the parent I want to be. So rather than being the victim of your circumstance of however it it was that you were parented, you're taking an active role in being that conscious parent. And that can be what other people can do too. They can make a choice to be the type of parent they want to be. Am I on the right line? Yeah, exactly. Because then you know who you want to be and then you can utilize that as your base to how to parent and then you can you know brainstorm and like one thing that you know I did as well was you know I brainstormed and from learning who I wanted to be as a parent it actually taught my taught me about myself and then I also started to really pay attention to my girls you know what are some of the things that you know, we really bond over, like my daughter and my older daughter and I, we bond over baking, we bond over coloring. And then, you know, what are their triggers? Finding out your own personal triggers as a parent and what behaviors trigger you and what certain circumstances, you know, trigger your children. Knowing all of those things and consciously being aware of them, you start to be proactive in setting yourself up. And then now you're avoiding those tantrums and those meltdowns and all of those things. Mm -hmm. So I guess I can move into talking a little bit about being proactive as a parent now. That's exactly Um, it. I was just thinking, I'm like, so what are the tools? How do we do this? (laughs) Well, once you've really sat down and you define, okay, this is who I am as a parent. This is what triggers me. This is what triggers my children. It's really about taking that knowledge into your situation. So, you know, for example, it was Easter weekend. Um, It's such an overstimulating time for children. So, you know, taking that time, like, you know, I know my, both of my girls actually, because my oldest is five, my youngest is 11 months, can be very, very um, hangry children for a lack of a better term. (laughs) Can't we all? um so you know it's being intentional like we had a backpack we had snacks we had stuff prepared because we weren't on our normal timeline so it's mm-hmm. now no longer being dependent on the situation we know we have snacks yeah. or you know, my daughter my older one can be very impatient if adults are talking around her mm-hmm. we intentionally decided okay you can bring one backpack full of toys activities She had her backpack. She ended up just bringing one coloring book, but we let her kind of pick and guide that. Okay, so letting her be an active participant in what you know is going to be an overstimulating time so that she already knows what her tools are going to be. Yeah, definitely. 
and definitely and preparing her like prep is a huge thing as well like even for this call so I we have a bedtime routine that my husband and me implement and if we know that bedtime is going to be different like it is bedtime routine right now so I told my daughter okay I'm not going to be able to brush your hair in our normal spot you have a choice do you want daddy to brush your hair or do you want me to do it now before I go on my call she had the decision she made the choice of mom can you braid my hair because she does not let my husband do it anymore (laughs) but then she also mom's not around for bedtime you know dad's going to be doing bedtime and so she's prepared for that right so kind of you know allowing them within a safe space to be an active participant not just you know how we were all raised which was Um, I am the authority and you are the child, but instead you're kind of giving her this sense of autonomy as a, as a, as a kid, you know, to, to say like, I'm, I'm, I'm a respected member of this household. Am I on the right track with that? Oh, a hundred percent. Um, there's technically, I can't remember the four, but there's a chart of four parenting and there's the, you know, the authority figure, which is what we, most of our generation was raised of. And I can't remember the proper term for kind of the where you want to be and where you are the authority figure, but you still give them that chance to be the active participant. You respect them, you explain things, you communicate with them, but you also, as I said earlier, you still set those boundaries. You know, if you say no more chocolate, you stick to your guns. No mm-hmm. more chocolate. Right. <laughs> gotta be careful what you say <laughs> yes oh a hundred percent yeah <laughs> but you know but it's also by saying those things by setting those expectations like you know um going back to the chocolate thing most like kids love candy and chocolate and all of these things my daughter knows she has to eat you know a certain amount of food to have mm. just and right. social and then we'll say okay we think you need to like we'll get her to check in with her body and like are you sure you're done all those sorts of things and then we'll say you know what I think you need to eat a little bit more and then she'll choose to eat more because she really wants her dessert or she won't and it's her choice and right as a parent if you're giving choices you have to be comfortable to follow through on both sides of that decision Mm. don't decisions you're not comfortable with right that is that is so huge and I mean again I I I would I would wish I was a parent having this conversation with you so that I could be like yeah yeah but it just seems like basic human psychology as well you know if 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 someone says something and you have an expectation you do have to follow through exactly integrity with your kids A hundred percent. And that's where a lot of, you know, tantrums and, you know, all of these sorts of things happen is because there's miscommunication or there's expectations that were, you know, set. And then all of a sudden one of your expectations isn't being met. And now you're in a power struggle or you're in, you know, your kids breaking down and then you're trying to reel it back in because you didn't actually want to do what you said you would or something 
you know, totally derailed your plans. Yeah. So. Right. Right. So what are some other conscious parenting tips that we can use? Another huge, huge, huge one that has shifted. I know it's personally, I really, in the last probably year, have been really mindful of it because I'm actually on maternity leave right now. I'm at the last two weeks of it. So even right now I'm doing way more of it is conscious moments of connection. Mm. So um, a lot of, you know, people that I've, read books of and everything, it always comes back to these moments of connection. A child only needs 10 minutes of your undivided, devoted attention, no phones, no nothing, unless maybe you're doing a coloring page and like my daughter loves to look at proper colors, but giving that 10 minutes, that's all it takes. And my daughter will be good for an hour to just play by herself because she's had her cup filled because you know did 10 minutes of coloring with me so that's that's huge or another thing we do is we do what my daughter calls we call it the zigzag so if so if we usually do it when my younger one's napping and we set a 10 minute timer and the first 10 minutes is always talia's time we do 10 minutes of whatever talia wants to do playing a game, coloring, reading, whatever it is. Then Love we it. have minutes of our own time. I get 10 minutes of tidying done and it's amazing what you can do in 10 minutes. Of but undivided then, time. So I get 10 minutes and she rarely bothers me unless if she really needs something. And then we come back and she gets her 10 minutes. Then I get my 10 minutes and it's amazing how much she leaves me alone to get my stuff done when it's my time. And it's amazing. Like we connect, we have some great moments and like that may not work. You might have to do longer chunks of time. Like that's what works for me and my daughter. So. I love that tool because that's, it's that same expectation. She feels that she's a respected member. She knows that she's about to get love. And if you think about it, that's how adults are too, really. Like we, we just want to know that at the end of the night that our husband's going to spend time with us and watch a movie with us, you know, if he was busy with his boys all day or whatever it is. Right. And that's exactly how kids are is they, they just need to know that, they're, that their parent is there for them. And then here you are putting up this boundary and saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to clean my house for 10 minutes and you're going to respect my boundary. I think that's phenomenal. Oh, it's, it's huge. And honestly, as I've become personally more comfortable with setting boundaries, it has shifted so much just in my household and that's a part of conscious parenting is making sure that you're, you know, you are setting boundaries, that you are taking time for yourself. Because yeah. as like, as a person who was a constant doer and over this last maternity leave, I've really shifted as, you know, being an alumni of your class, take her class. It's awesome. As my side. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, yeah. But like even that stuff, working with those boundaries and even setting, like setting a boundary with your child is actually a pretty easy way to start because they love you unconditionally. They might get mad as all can be at you, 
but you know, it's just showing those boundaries and then you're taking your time. <laughs> we have a joke, mom's a grumpy bear before she has coffee. So there's some mornings, Talia knows if I say I'm going to be a grumpy bear, coffee, she knows, okay, mom needs like 10 minutes to drink her coffee and then I can engage. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. So what about, and I mean, I might be throwing you like a ringer here that you weren't prepared for, but what about um, a child who's like in the middle of a tantrum? What would be something that you would implement for someone who's just really losing their mind and they cannot calm down right now? So the first thing that you have to be aware of as a parent, and I'm pulling this from um, the Whole Brain Child and No Drama Discipline series, um, I can't think of the authors right now. They're phenomenal parenting books. They entirely shifted my whole entire um, perspective of parenting. And when, the ch when a child's in the middle of a tantrum, the number one thing you have to do before anything else is connect with that child. Because a tantrum, more than likely, and you'll, as a parent, you'll be able to tell if they're having a full-blown, I'm out of control tantrum versus a, this is a very like, I'm doing this because I want my way tantrum. If they're having a full-blown out-of-control tantrum, their flight or fight brain has taken over. Mm -hmm. their, their upstairs and downstairs are not connecting. So you have to help bring them down. So, you know, and that's going to look different for every child. And that's why you need to learn your, that's why it's important to go back to that intentional learning about your child. Hmm. thought because a lot of connection books say okay you need to be on the floor beside them da 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 that does not work for my daughter mm -hmm. daughter I need to give her space I need to be nearby like you know maybe in the same room as her we're on the other side of her bedroom door but she needs that space to give herself a moment and then I come in and I connect or like you know some kids they need the hug Mm -hmm. they'll need the hug but it's coming in and not guns blazing blaring okay this is how it is it's no okay I hear you you know depending on how emotionally intelligent they are you know you can be like okay like I you seem really mad explain you know you're mad because dad poured the orange juice wrong that is a real tantrum that occurred in my household <laughs> yeah <laughs> that happens yeah the orange yeah. juice trick yeah <laughs> the orange juice wrong so and you know bringing them down say hearing them listening to them or telling them this is what you're feeling and then connecting over something you can talk about that Maybe your kid's not ready to talk about it right away. Maybe you're not ready to talk about it right away. Connect over something else. Um, my daughter and me, we do what we call flower breathing, where we open up, as we breathe in, we open up our palms and we close them as we breathe out. Um, my daughter has a really enjoys calm down jars, something like that. Find your trick. And so maybe, everyone has a trick, like, because, because we as humans are all individual. So what you're saying is, is that rather than cramming in this, like you said, guns blazing, I'm the adult, you're the kid, calm down. You're instead saying you are a 
tiny adult who doesn't totally have all their faculties yet. And so for that reason, I, I need to figure out what your faculties are for you and then implement them. Yes, a hundred percent. Beautiful. Yeah. It's all about, it. And you as a parent, sorry. I love it. You as a parent, you as a parent know your child the best. What's work going to work for me is not going to be exactly what's going to work for you. You test things out, try them, and you'll find your rhythms and then be prepared. They will change as your <laughs> child develops, you know, yeah. before Talia and I would connect immediately a lot. Now, a big thing we do is we'll circle back the next day Okay. and be like, okay, we had this happen. And I like, it's best to circle back when your hands are busy. So, oh, you know, another tool. Okay. Hands are busy. Tell me more. So, you know, my daughter and me do it a lot over coloring. Talking about, hey, we had a really tough day yesterday. Do you, do you want to talk about it? You know, with younger, younger kids, you probably wouldn't circle back. But my daughter's, she's five. She's quite, I like to think she's quite mature. So, you know, we talk and she's like, sometimes she'll be like, mom, I'm not ready. And it's like, okay, cool. We'll leave that. You're not ready. Cool. Because you're not going to get anywhere if you're not ready or if they're not ready. Right. And then, you know, while we're coloring, it'll be like, okay, we had a hard day yesterday. Yeah. Like, how are you feeling about it? Normally she's like, I'm good. Cause she's five. She gets over things pretty quickly, but it's a great tool for older kids. I would imagine. I haven't been able to test it out, but. Right. Beautiful. Okay. Well, okay. So that, that all makes so much sense. And I, and I honestly, like, I love some of these tools that you've brought up. Um, and I'm sure that you also use in your center, um, your early childhood center, where you do conscious education for, for your kids. So, so what are some of your favorite ways that you work in your center? Um, some of my favorite, well, number one, I think is the big work is communication with the kids, the parents, everybody, like I'm very fond of the saying, it takes a village to raise a child. So I am, I'm a very involved, I love being involved with the kids, you know, getting their interests, getting to know them. Like that's one of my favorite parts is getting to know them, following their leads, knowing what makes them tick and know what's going on at home. Mm -hmm. and like, you know, if they're going through, you know, something big is going on at home, that helps me. I know you've talked a lot about hungry, angry, lonely, tired, you know, kid had a rough sleep I know that I'm gonna now know okay they're tired when they're tired they behave they in these fashions mm -hmm. we're going to flex our day a little bit to allow for that or you know dad's gone on a business trip we're gonna allot for that and like you know maybe flex and have a little bit more calm down like connection time with that child or whatever they need it's all about learning what the children need what their triggers are and then what makes them feel connected and special because we, we all have different things yes like, 
like I love to bake. I feel super connected with my daughter when we bake. She doesn't always. Mm -hmm. Her big thing is coloring or lately it's playing tag. If you play tag with her, she is your best friend for the next like however long. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. And yes, so, and I love how what you just said summarized everything we've talked about. You know, you said that you have to figure out their triggers, you have to follow them, know what they need, you know, and and all of those. And that's, that's what we've been talking about here in conscious parenting is as opposed to, here's the rule book, follow the rule book and the kid will be well-behaved. It's like, no conscious parenting, if I'm correct, is being conscientious the entire time as things move and shift. A hundred percent. It's being very, as I said, intentional and proactive about what you're doing. Beautiful. Emphasis on the intentional. Wow. Okay. Well, this has been so educational and I know that the listeners are going to want to know more and um, if they're local to Saskatoon I'm sure they're going to be hoping that you have some openings uh, in your center so how can they begin to find you? Um, They could either so I work a lot just for my personal stuff so I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram so they can find me on either of those on my personal account because I don't have a business account per se Um, because I technically I run a day home Um, it's still a center because it's licensed through the government and stuff but it is out of my own home Um, I keep it small it is very intentional (laughs) love it Beautiful. Okay. So I can link all that in the show notes of how other people can connect with you and we can go from there. Perfect. Okay. Well, any final thoughts for our listeners? Um, One last thing um, that kind of didn't come up in this summary that I really want to make um, clear is while you also like while being intentional with your children and all of that, make sure that when you're being intentional, you're also being intentional with yourself. As a parent, you can't connect and pour into your child what they need if you don't have it. Such a powerful final thought. I, that is, you cannot pour from an empty cup. You know, as cliche as it is, it is so true. If you are run ragged and you are terrible at setting boundaries and you are not taking care of yourself, your kids are going to mirror that. And if, yeah, if you have boundaries and you know how to take care of yourself and you know how to put yourself first, they are going to mirror that. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Susan, for being on. And I will link all the information in the show notes. And it has been just such a pleasure to have you. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. If you found expansion with this last episode, then that means that others will too. And the best way to get the word out about the podcast is by leaving a review. I would be so grateful if you could leave me a review and let me know how you felt about the podcast. 
Included in the show notes will be everything that we talked about today, including all of my transformative programs. Change is just on the horizon, my friend.